Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Today we are giving you a game preview for Week 17. The New York Giants are facing the Dallas Cowboys, a game that has playoff implications on it for both the Giants and the Dallas Cowboys seems like this Week 17 matchup always at some point or another every few years has the utmost importance for this last game for the Giants. If either either of these teams win, whoever is in that spot, they then need Washington to lose to send either of them to the playoffs. So there's a lot of moving pieces as we talked about on the last show. A lot of things are going into this game. This is a very high stakes game and right now the Giants are on the brink of possibly heading to the playoffs with an opportunity to beat one of their biggest rivals. And we need to start by talking about offensively how they're structured. This team looks very different from the last time the Giants played them and they lost when they lost early on in the year and Dak Prescott suffered his season-ending ankle injury. In this case, the still the primary focus offensively, Chris, is their receivers. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. Three very talented players, three guys that would be number one receivers on any other team, and they're very efficient, very consistent, and very good route runners. Yeah, that is the real strength of this Dallas Cowboys team. The fact that they can go three deep and say, whatever receiver I am throwing to is at least as good, if not better than whoever you match him up against. So far this year, it has mostly been Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Lamb has mostly played out of the slot. Cooper has mostly been an outside receiver. But the Cowboys have the ability to move those guys around, create mismatches, and now, of lately, since Andy Dalton has been healthy, they've been spreading the ball around to all of these guys. I believe I, I saw it just before we started recording. They each have somewhere between 53 and 56 targets from Andy Dalton. So the Giants, really no defense ever knows just who the ball is going to. And that is a big problem when you have three guys who are this talented, this explosive, guys who any one of them poses a problem for a defense as a number one corner. And the fact that you have all three of them, that makes it incredibly difficult for a defense to roll coverage, get get whoever is going to be going up against the intended receiver help. And all of these guys are receivers who need double coverage. And 
that that just poses a lot of problems for opposing offenses, especially as we've seen the last three weeks when Dallas has been just stringing together 30-point games. I think if they had their fully healthy offensive line, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, this offense would be a lot more prolific. And we were starting to see glimpses of that early on in the year as Dak was throwing for 500-yard games and he was on pace for 6,000 passing yards. He was on pace for something crazy. And a lot of that credit has to go to the fact that they're willing to stretch the field. They were at the time willing to attack downfield. And these receivers are just so, so good. But now we have Andy Dalton. The game plan with Andy Dalton under center is a little bit different. It's not so much that we're going to use our really talented quarterback. Andy Dalton's a little bit more of a game manager. He's a veteran. He's been around for a while. He knows the ins and outs of the league, but he's certainly not the same type of quarterback that Dak Prescott is. So Andy Dalton, I think what you see with him is a little bit more of a conservative approach to the offense. And it's something that you didn't really see from Mike McCarthy when he was with the Packers and early on in the year when Dak Prescott was the starting quarterback. Instead, it's it's a little bit more reeled back. It's a little bit more all right. We you know, we had a, a stretch of games where we were using a lot of different quarterbacks. We were struggling offensively. We're just going to focus on getting some yards from picking up plays in space. That's the noticeable difference with Andy Dalton. Yeah, and he's he has become very good, you know, since he has found his feet in this offense. He's become very good at distributing the football. You know, he just mentioned that all three of their all three of their number one receivers are getting about the same number of looks. But then there's also uh, Dalton Schultz playing very well at tight end, uh, Blake Bell a little bit at you know tight end H back, Tony Pollard out of the backfield, and Andy Dalton is quite good at finding which guy is going to be open, you know, which guy the defense has kind of ignored or has open field in front of him and getting the ball to him quickly. You know, when Andy Dalton is in rhythm, he is a very efficient passer. Now, he isn't the franchise starting quarterback that, you know, maybe he it looked like he was at one point in Cincinnati. But at Right now, in this offense, the way he is playing, the weapons he is surrounded by, he is, at at the very least, effective. And I think maybe a little bit more than we anticipated, he is willing to take shots downfield. You know, we have seen 40, 50-yard passes to CeeDee Lamb, to Amari Cooper. And also, something that surprised me watching the last two weeks is Dalton's found a little bit of mobility behind the line of scrimmage. You know, I saw him, you know, picking up yards on scrambles, uh, making extending plays on bootlegs and throwing accurately on the run. The Cowboys even run a little bit of read option with him and let him carry the ball, which is something I don't think I ever thought I would see. Hitting on some of these offensive strengths that he's he's really, or sorry, this Cowboys team is really good at what to expect. First of all, they are really good at picking up yards with some big splash plays. You can attribute that to the fact that they have talented receivers. They have the capability of picking up those big yards, but they also have some athletes that are good at picking up extra yardage in space. And I I point directly to separate from the receivers that we already talked about. You can also notice that Tony Pollard, who has been rotated in a little bit more and used as a, not just as a secondary running back, but as a key contributor to the run game, they're not afraid to throw him screens. They are not afraid to 
do pitches and, and, and various runs that get that ball and get the ball to him in space. He's a really good athlete. He's very, very fast, and they're using him very effectively, more effectively, and we're going to touch on this in a second, more effectively than they use Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and that really is what this offense is built to do. Yeah, the combination of Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, this is not the Cowboys offense we are used to seeing where they want to beat the snot out of you up front and run the ball 40 times a game. They want to get yards and points, and they are not especially picky about how they get them, which is why you see them with so many receiving options, why you see Andy Dalton not afraid to take the check down, but also not afraid to go for the explosive play when it, when it is available. You know, he, he, they're good at picking their spots and they're good at generating run after the catch, uh, yards after contact, getting explosive plays, even off of what could have been short gains. So this is a much more, I'll say, spread-inspired offense. They t- they use a fair number of spread concepts. This isn't exactly an old pro-style Cowboys offense anymore. Now hitting on some weaknesses. It's pretty blatant when you turn on the tape and you sit and you watch it what the problem is with this Dallas Cowboys offense. They have the athletes. They have a quarterback who isn't going to be a top-level guy, but he can get the job done right now, and he's been a little bit more consistent the past few weeks, which is why they're in the position that they are to possibly win the NFC East. But what slows them down from time to time, and we can screw up the timing on not just rushing plays, but passing plays, is how bad their offensive line is right now. And, and there's really no beating around the bush. I don't need to pull up sack statistics to talk about or pressure statistics to talk about how bad this offensive line is. But just going down the list, this is not the same Dallas Cowboys team that we've seen. This is Brandon Knight at left tackle, Connor Williams at left guard, Joe Looney at center, Connor McGovern at right guard, and then Terrence Steele, who is a rookie at right tackle. There is not a single guy on that list that I just mentioned that is the typical stellar Cowboys group. And if you watch the tape, it has two different phases where it hurts things. This is a struggling offensive line. You watch the issues again on the run game where there's very limited rushing lanes for Ezekiel Elliott, why Ezekiel Elliott is struggling and why they're more willing to go with Tony Pollard because he can actually pick up yards for himself in space by throwing a screen or giving him a pitch and telling him to go to the sideline. But at the same time, heck, if you watch a lot of these passing plays, Chris, you see a ton of instances where Andy Dalton is being pressured He might not be sacked, but there is just no room for him to throw. Pockets collapse so quickly with that offensive line. And I think that that is going to be a very key part of this game is how well does the Giants' defensive line come to play. Maybe you don't need huge sack production from your edge players, but I think you might be able to create some serious disruption from some of those interior guys like Leonard Williams, like Dalvin Tomlinson, like Dexter Williams, I think that they could possibly have a field day. Yeah, and that is also driving the quick distribution of this Dallas offense. You know, I, I just brought up NFL Next Gen stats, and Andy Dalton is fourth in the league in time to throw. He's getting rid of the ball in two and a half seconds on average this year. Yeah, you know, that is very fast, and they almost have to do that. They they can't take the time to have a three, five, seven-step drop uh, survey the field because this 
backup makeshift offensive line, you know, with all of their stars and starters from even just a year ago, uh, either injured or retired. You know, this offensive line fell apart really quickly. And even as good as the Cowboys have been, there's no offensive line in the NFL that basically has two complete starting groups down their depth chart. And that really has been the problem with their offense. And that has driven a lot of their decisions this year. And I think that's also partially why they're having a little bit more success is that it took them until now to realize as they've gradually lost more and more offensive linemen, Mike McCarthy, I think, has settled into making things work, focusing on the strengths. And again, like you mentioned, getting the ball out quicker, using the better athletes, the guys that are more space killers rather than Ezekiel Elliott, who is a little bit reliant on at least decent blocking. So that has shifted and allowed them to have time to figure out how to work with those things. And that's why they've done a little bit better over these last few weeks and why they're on a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a hot streak, but why they're doing better and being more consistent offensively. And again, why they're in the position that they are to possibly win the NFC East. We're going to get to talking about this Cowboys defense coming up very shortly. Defensively, this Cowboys team is a bit different than the one that we saw at the beginning of the year when the Giants lost to them off of a last second touchdown and part of it is because that they cleared house on some of these interior defensive linemen they straight up cut guys that weren't performing and decided to get other players into the rotation more but if we're going to bring up any of those D linemen or just defensive front seven guys, if we're going to bring up any of those guys, you have to talk about DeMarcus Lawrence, you have to talk about the resurgence of Randy Gregory, and then also Alden Smith. They have a really good arsenal of pass rushers, despite the interior being very, very weak for them. Yeah. Now, they are getting some production, some good play from the from Neville Gallimore, the rookie defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. But he is, again, he is a, a penetrator, a disruptor. He isn't a uh, block eater type defensive tackle and that will show up again later but when it comes to the to the Cowboys defense it, their edge rushers are the guys to know now they do play I've noticed a fair amount of four three under fronts so they can get all three of these guys on the field I, I believe they like to use Alden Smith as kind of that Sam linebacker almost an elephant right up on the line of scrimmage while Lawrence and Gregory are the defensive ends, but these guys are quick, they're long, they've got good power, and they've got a good arsenal of pass rush moves. Uh, I believe Lawrence likes to you know, start on the outside and then make that inside move, which is something the Giants have struggled with. Uh, Randy Gregory is finally looking like the player we thought he might coming out of Nebraska before he basically lost two years to suspensions and violations of the subst uh, substances of abuse policy. And then Alton Smith, he has, again, he, he has always been dangerous, but he has had his own disciplinary issues, I think we could say. So these are guys the Giants are going to have to account for. And yes, the Cowboys have given up a ton of yards. Their defense is not good. That's something we observed the last time these two teams played. But we can't take we can't take these defensive ends lightly. And 
yeah, I, I don't know if Leighton Vander Esch is going to play. I, he missed last week against the Eagles. He played the week before that against the 49ers. He is a big athletic physical linebacker. Jalen Smith hasn't been playing quite as well as he did, I believe, a year or two years ago, but he's he is present. The two of them do play well to, together, but really the unit to be aware of are these defensive ends, especially if the Cowboys get a lead. That's an interesting point that you just wrapped it up there with, is if the Cowboys end up with a lead, that's what they want. They know that they can't defend the run well, so they are a little bit more reliant on being able to send their talented pass rushers after the opposing quarterback. I point at what happened against Philadelphia early on in the game, Jalen Hurts, the run game was effective for them. They were using Jalen Hurts as a secondary runner. They were able to pick up yardage. They were actually leading at one point. But as Dallas started to gain some momentum and some plays started to go their way, the ball bounced their way a few times, and they were then in a position where they were leading. They were then allowed to send their guys after Jalen Hurts, who is young, underdeveloped, and he he's not comfortable in a high passing situation. Asking him to throw a lot is really not what you want to do with Jalen Hurts, who's only played in three games. And Randy Gregory made a couple of really good plays. We started to see a really big play from uh, from Randy Gregory. And all those other guys were having an easy time of chasing after Jalen Hurts. So the Giants need to be wary of that. If you put yourself in a position where Dallas is even leading by a touchdown or two touchdowns and it's crunch time, you might need to be wary of the guys that could be coming after them. Now, conversely, if you're a little bit more comfortable, the secondary, Chris, it just does nothing for me. None of those guys out there really scare me at all. And it's it's weird talking about their secondary because Trevon Diggs has really good statistics. Uh, three interceptions, 12 passes defense. And I honestly don't think that those numbers are indicative of, of the type of player that Diggs is. Diggs has gotten burnt a lot. He has struggled a lot. And he has been opportunistic in a lot of situations because teams like to throw in his direction. But at the same time, he's not like some shut down, unstoppable ball hawking corner. Yeah, no, he is. I I think he is the type of guy you would want as your cornerback too. You know, a guy who maybe you roll a little bit of safety help his way and he can be adequate. But he is kind of by necessity Dallas's cornerback one. So he is going to be a guy they're probably going to try to match up on the opposing offense's top passing threat. And yeah, he doesn't really match up on a lot of the number one receivers in the NFL. You know, like you say, he can be opportunistic. Their defense as a whole can be opportunistic. The fact that he does have that many interceptions, that many passes defense, that obviously means teams are not afraid to throw at him. And you know, that's, that's something James Bradbury is very good at doing, is convincing offenses to throw at him. But the two of them are, I should say, very different players. So hitting on the, the strengths here for this Cowboys defense, we, we already just set up what we wanted to, to hit on for these strengths. Just to elaborate a little bit more, you talked about opportunistic. They have 10 takeaways in the last three games. That is a ton of turnovers. That is a ton of turnover production. But additionally, their pass rush, it has to be established, and it feels like we're beating a dead horse here by constantly bringing it up, but they have a very underrated 
pass rush group. And I again, I keep pointing to the fact that Randy Gregory, who is somebody at one point or another, many people thought he was going to be out of the NFL. But right now, I see a guy that is just starting to hit full stride. And I think next year we'll see more of what Randy Gregory can be. But I think that he is somebody who they need to be wary of. And this can't be a game where the Giants offensive line struggles again. We've seen the past few games where Arizona I point to and I also point to their performance against the Ravens. They cannot allow a decent and underrated pass rush group to feast because the offensive line can't get their feet underneath them. Yeah, and that really is what this defense is built for. They are built to they're built to be a complement to the offense. Uh, they are at their best when their when their offense, when the Dallas offense is able to put pressure on the opposing offense by controlling the ball, picking up yards, picking up points and basically forcing the opposing offense to be one-dimensional to have to throw to keep up with them. And that has been the situation in which the Giants offense has struggled the most when they are down by two by two possessions. That's when they start to have to throw and then that is when the Giants pass rush or pass protection issues start showing up again. Yeah, you know, that's what we saw uh in Arizona. That's what we saw this past week against Baltimore. That's what we did not see against Seattle. Uh, Partly it was just the way the ball bounced that Seattle was up by five at halftime and not up by 10, which was very close to happening. It was just a stray finger landing out of bounds that stopped it. But if the Giants are able to keep the score close, then they'll be able to keep their playbook open. And that will put the Cowboys defense in a position they do not want to be. Because where they want to be is able to pin their ears back, rush the passer, and force mistakes, create opportunities for sacks and takeaways. You know, they're kind of built like the Colts defense was back in the day when Peyton Manning could control the game with the Colts offense, and then all their defense had to do was basically feast on an opposing offense, doing whatever it could to keep pace. If Dallas can't generate that offense, that offensive pressure, then the Giants will be able to keep their playbook open and they'll be able to run the ball. And that is just something Dallas cannot cope with. Right. And and not to beat around the bush whatsoever. Let's be quite direct in talking about this here. The Cowboys defensive line is not good at stopping the run. I wouldn't say that they're as bad as they were early on in the year, but they still are not a very good group. And it's it's not just saying like, oh, they allow big gains and you know all that simple explanation for it. But if you, again, flip on the tape and you watch how this defensive line does, I see a lot of guys getting washed out. I see a lot of guys um, in the wrong spots. I see guys being pushed out of the way easily, allowing for gigantic rushing lanes. I think this has to be an opportunity for the Giants offensive line to eat. They need to take advantage of what they have given to them, which is being able to run the ball effectively, shoving it down their throats, shoving the ball down their throats, running the ball so hard and effectively, and pushing these guys off the ball. You need to come out early doing that, 
And I think if you have that approach, you should be able to have pretty good success. And I would argue that's probably what Jason Garrett is going to come into this game thinking because he's done that a number of times against really bad interior defensive lines. Yeah, the Cowboys defensive line is their their entire defensive front is entirely dependent on getting penetration. That is what they do in the passing game and that's what they have to do in the in run defense. You know, I mentioned Neville Gallimore before. He is he isn't having a fantastic rookie season, but he does show improvement and he is a disruptive player behind the line of scrimmage. He is quick off the ball, he's got surprisingly good hands and moves to defeat blocks and get into the backfield. When he's able to do that, he can be disruptive, and that is when they are able to slow down and stop the run. However, as you say, they can get washed out. Guys can get out of position. They can get swallowed up by blockers. And when that happens, yards are there to be picked up. Maybe not explosive yards, the offense can stay on schedule, maybe even get ahead of the change just a bit with their running game. And that's what the Giants are going to have to rely on. If they start going backwards, if they start winding up in yeah, second and third and long situations, that's when Dallas can start to play to their strengths again. You know, They really don't have those guys who can eat up blocks, keep their linebackers clean, and force running backs to have to bounce and try to find a hole. That really is one of the big weaknesses of their defense. The fact that they have just a bunch of penetrators and nobody to really occupy blocks. You know, they're kind of the they're kind of the flip side of the coin of the Giants defense in that in that regard. And the other thing that comes into the equation here, they're also, I would argue, susceptible to allowing big gains to athletic receivers and the Giants don't necessarily have a de facto guy like that like the one play I want to point to is if you go back and watch the game against the Eagles Deshaun Jackson had a really long receiving touchdown just because he blew past everybody in a gap between the zone that they were running and nobody was able to, nobody was able to catch up to him so that's something to look out for maybe Darius Slayton if he's given a free release he's not pressed if they run a cross field concept and he runs across the field something deep he might be open he, he could be open for a big gain and, I, and Darius Slayton had a good big game last time they played that is something that is going to be a part of again the offensive game plan can you pick up yards through both of those avenues and they're definitely going to try to attack these things yeah I, I am at this point absolutely sure we are going to see at least a couple deep shots to Darius Slayton maybe uh, Evan Ingram maybe Golden Tate. Now, they, the Giants don't seem to like to do that with Sterling Shepard all that often, but I think we will definitely see at least attempts at that with Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. Now, I think the the real interesting thing to watch is whether or not Mike Nolan, whether or not the Cowboys are going to try to replicate what the Ravens did, whether or not they are going to be super aggressive on defense, uh, man up play play or try to play press coverage disrupt the Giants routes early and be aggressive with their blitz packages because that's not really in their DNA but when you see a defense have as much success with that as the Ravens just did you have to wonder if they feel like they almost have to try it all right folks that is going to be it from us on today's preview show as we were getting you ready for Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys 
after that game ends and after we know who is effectively the team who won the NFC East, who is heading to the playoffs, we will provide you with an update on what's to be expected and also just a breakdown of the show. So stay tuned for that on uh, Sunday. Folks, also please go follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon, at Raptor MKII, and at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, additionally, head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. We'll talk to you on Sunday, folks. 